0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative, don't mess with Mister In Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum. Have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Thank
0: you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio and another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, along with Hasina Roach, relational consultant, and Wanda Miles, radio personality. How are you ladies today?
2: Doing
1: good. Very good.
0: Awesome. I am so excited about today's show. Um and I'd like to welcome Jill Katzenberg um to our Hi show there. today. Hi Jill and this is this is her second visit and I'm so honored. Uh, Jill Jill Katzenberg, she is a send out card manager, a business coach and consultant. Jill came to Cleveland over thirteen years ago knowing no one. She built a real estate practice through relationship building, no matter what age the prospect or client was, despite moving to Cleveland from New York out of college, not knowing anyone when she settled here or when she settled in Cleveland. Jill was one of the original nine partners who bought Keller Williams Realty to the Cleveland area over 13 years ago. She has be she all she's all, she she's also a multimillion dollar real estate seller and she developed a systematic approach to what she coins five star customer service, creating repeat and referral business. Today Jill works with business owners and individuals helping them connect to their passions. Jill, I want to I want to thank you so much for being on our show today. And um, you know, as I was preparing the show page um, for you, uh, you know, for your show today, I went back and listened to the show that you did on five star customer service. And I just want to I just want to give a uh, I just want to say to our listeners and those who will listen through archive, please take the opportunity to listen to that show that Jill did, uh, Five Star Customer Service, because it is just filled with jewels of, of information and, mm-hmm. and things to know about how to how to serve, how to serve. So thank you, Jill, mm-hmm. for being here today.
3: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. It's exciting because everyone really wants to give – uh, nobody wants to give bad customer service. Um, everybody's uh, one of their goals is always to have <clears throat> great customer service. Except, I think that uh, unfortunately, many of us don't know what that really is because they really don't know we don't know our customers and clients. So that's a that's a heads up. That's a beginning uh, to learning about how to give five star customer service.
0: Mm. So I'm hearing you say the importance of knowing your clients.
3: You have to. There's no question about it because it's not a cookie-cutter situation. It's not uh, one-size-fits-all. You really have to do periodically, you have to have some kind of system in place, whether it's a focus group, whether it's a questionnaire, whether it's some kind of feedback um, uh, from the clientele saying what works, what doesn't work, um, how can we improve, et cetera. And it's the littlest things. It could be something as uh, ways of communication, you know, don't email me, text me, don't text me, call me, don't, et cetera. So unless you know your client's and customer's preferences, um, you're just going to be uh, the same old, same old person. You're not going to stand out. And you're not going to be able to uh maintain your uh cost of doing business, your your value to your clientele, and all of a sudden then you're in the throes of cutting your prices, cutting going into that whole price war situation where you really don't need to, to do that if you're giving value to your clientele.
0: Okay. All right. And and I wanna I want I want to start off by by asking you, Jill, to, to tell us a little bit something about yourself. I know I I, you know, I read your bio, but, you know, tell, tell us about, you know, who you are and, and, you know, what are some of the things that you're doing on a a day-to-day basis?
3: Well, my background, my background, when I came to Cleveland, uh, it was out of school and it was for an urban planning position with a private firm. And it was a f- for a small firm and... You know, when you're 20-something and you got your eyes in those clouds and all that, you don't really appreciate that you uh, we were in one of our recessions nationally. So <laughs> um, within a year and a half, this 14-year uh, firm, architect, urban planning art, architecture firm, unfortunately had to close its doors. Um, the good news is I had a great suntan that summer. Um, the not so good news was um, I, I. Well, the good news is I realized I needed to go out and work for myself because I was uh, I didn't want the same thing to happen again and again and again. For me to go out, tr- get a job, and and have the fear of uh, being let go, downsized, etc. So, um, and I also realized. I say it kiddingly, but not so much, is uh, I realized I was unemployable uh, in the sense that I was not um, prone to follow the rules, color within the lines. If something didn't make sense to me, um, I probably would ask a lot of questions and probably not feel comfortable doing it. So corporate America was not in my future personally. And uh, then one thing led to another. I wanted to stay in the urban planning field and got into real estate. And really, at the time, Cleveland, at the time, and this was in the mid to late 80s, um, that there were over 9,500 realtors So in the area. And so the way to differentiate myself was to give five-star customer service, was to remember my clients, was to do some things, very differently, so that I could uh stand out and be remembered and uh and then five years ago, I shifted patter- uh my life and went into training uh speaking and uh appreciation marketing with uh send out cards so it's been all about appreciating others serving others um recognizing others that's that's just how i'm wired
1: nice.
0: it's been fun well, there-
3: it's been really joyful.
0: Okay, appreciation marketing. I, I I like that 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 um has a has a real good ring to it. Mhm. I'm going to let the other ladies um ask you a question, but I want to tell our our callers we are going to take phone calls during the second half of the show. So please stay with us. Please uh formulate your questions um and know that
1: we will get to you. Okay. Okay. I have a question. Can you okay. provide us with a description of your business? I hear the tag of the cards, but tell me more about that.
3: Okay. So I get to play Santa Claus every day, not just this time of year. And what I mean by that is, uh, I have a vehicle in place, and I offer others the vehicles in place to appreciate others on a daily basis through sending cards, gifts, et cetera to them at um, at discount prices easily from your smartphone or laptop or tablet and what it is it's really a way it's not an e card it's a real card. And you can put pictures and and the whole bells and whistles for, you know, less than a dollar a card. And uh, the reason why I'm so passionate about the business is that most people go through their lives, unfortunately, uh, invisibly. They just go, they do just enough to go under the wire, not to be noticed, not to create waves. And just sending a thank you card for um f- uh, amazing service uh you know i just got a, a, a new uh samsung six ce- uh cell phone i got an upgrade and the way i was uh treated was unbelievably beautiful and um i sent the the person a an appreciation card and uh a box of brownies and i could i did it for my smartphone and it was done and he'll he'll get it tomorrow don't tell him. Um, but um, and, you know, it was it was really, to me, it was joyful to do. But I have gotten call and call and tweets and Facebook messages on a daily basis about how I'm able to touch people's lives in a matter of less than five minutes. I can make their day, and that is powerful. That's a very powerful thing to to do. If ever if so, many so many people did did that it would be a whole different world it would impact the world tremendously so well, that's, no
1: that's more my business. no more real estate just i do not do real estate no. No, I, nope.
3: no i do not do real just, estate just just appreciation
1: just appreciation just that sounds great
3: yeah speaking training like appreciation. That's great. Yeah. appreciation yeah
2: appreciation is really the key to everything i think isn't it yes it is mhm
3: how long That's have you been great. in yes. business? I have done this business for 5 years and I did real estate uh the, the the rest of my uh for the you know for most of my life all my my working life up until that time. So I I've had um a lot of experience in appreciating others most of my business right out of the gate In real estate was based on repeat by the end of the second year. It was repeat and referral business because even before send out cards, I was writing notes and and cards to prospects and clients uh, appreciating their birthdays and anniversaries and anniversary of their home sales, et cetera, et cetera. So I was already in that mindset. And when I saw this company, I was like, this is a no-brainer for me this is this is how i'm wired this is a fit so um appreciation has been in my life from day one my work life day one
0: and i want to this is katrina i want to chime in and say that appreciation marketing it does work i have been the recipient of receiving <laughs> uh send out cards from Gio and Brownies. Thank you so much, Jill.
3: And yes, is there's five hundred calories a brownie by the way.
0: <laughs> and uh it is such a good feeling to open up that card and see a personalized um happy birthday or thank you, you know, from the person who's sending it it it, it really does mean something. And also, I've sent send-out cards to people who have really appreciated the gesture.
3: Yes. Well, you know, now that we, everybody, so many of us are on Facebook or Twitter and and sending pictures of loved ones who have babies and who are, unfortunately, have passed, and, and, you know, uh, I've been, unfortunately, had to send sympathy cards for, uh, friends who have had to put down their their pets, et cetera, recently, and so all you can do is capture those photos and put them uh, on the card, or you know, and, and send them out. And it is it's powerful. It's really a very powerful thing to have that remembrance of a loved one, uh, you know, on a card. So you can't go to any card store and have that happen, you you know, you can do this just by a click, a point click, send it's done. And so it's um it's very powerful. It really is.
0: Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. And you know, you gave a lot of tips on and you give a lot of tips on how to provide quality customer service in ways that you don't have to spend a whole lot of money and no. this is this is definitely one of those you know, one of those ways.
3: Exactly. Um, customer mm-hmm. service does not have to be expensive. I think that's a, miss- a five star customer service. Everybody gives yeah. customer service. It's whether they're it's good customer service or or bad customer service. And so the way you but it's just the little things uh such as um they're making it easy for the consumer to do business with you. Um, when I was in the real estate world, for example, um, getting we had um lockbox, many times we had a lockbox mechanism on the ha- on the door so that the agents could have access, you know, with a particular code, whatever they uh access to the house to show the home and uh I knew that it was stressful to have that lockbox on the door uh, no matter whether the the house was occupied or not. So uh, at the first opportunity, uh, when everything was uh, taken care of uh, with the contract, I would take that lockbox off. I would have that lockbox removed. I would have the for sale sign taken off the property. And people were really grateful because they had their house back for the you know, the short period of time for moving and for, you know, putting dishes in the sink and unmade beds and all that. I mean you got you got your house back. And it was those little things that de stressed the situation. And I, I'm suggesting that people look at their business and put themselves in their customers' shoes about how how the transaction is going what what happens in the transaction, and uh, I think it can be really pretty enlightening if they do that,
0: but so Jill, if you had to give us a definition of what well, I've kind of got two questions in one and uh you know it sounds like there's a difference between customer service and then five star customer service, so, of course you know. Can, can you give us a, a definition of, of both so that we can so that you know we can um have a a better understanding?
3: A customer service is if you're you're going to interact with customers and clients um to do a transaction. So you're going to have some kind of service. As I said before, it can be bad customer service. Or it can be like I don't care, you're just a number, you know, burn 'em and churn 'em kind of my mentality. Just keep it rolling. Just it's all a numbers game kind of thing. Or you can do business. As, if your intention is to do repeat and referral business, then the focus really um, would be helpful if you looked at five star customer service, which is to wow the the customer. And what does that mean? Well, each customer is different so that you have to really get to understand your customer your, your clientele your top clientele and to say okay um, what would uh make that person feel special and it's it's it takes some work it it's not um a one size fits all thing as i said before it's uh it, it really has to do with the small things and the reason why it's important is that uh, some people may be in a very comp- most of us are in a competitive field uh, where uh, the easy way is to price slash services, to get into a price war. Well, it's been shown that if the customer is secure and feeling that they're going to get way more value from you Um, they are willing to pay more for that value. They're they're willing to pay for your service. If they feel that you are going to give them more than um, they ever anticipated, they will pay more for your – willingly. They will willingly pay, pay more for your service. And so your bottom line will increase. Does, does that answer? That does that help you?
2: It re-
0: really does. Um, it really does. One one question as you were talking that came into my mind is: Does it matter if I'm an introvert or an extrovert? Because some folks they just you know they just have that energy and they, and they you know they they become energized by being around other people. And then there are sure. those who you know who don't kind of have that same energy. Does it matter?
3: And It really doesn't. Time. It really you just really have to. It's more about caring about who you're doing business with. So it doesn't mean that you can be you can be an extrovert. You can be an introvert. But if you really notice, you have to take time to notice your clientele. So it has nothing to do with the, ener- the energy interacting with them. You just have to notice the little things. About what makes them feel special so for example um i do a uh, a, a training on uh the uh, personality traits uh the the disc uh, d i s c personality traits and the reason why that's important is if you are um for example if If I am not really that stringent about time management and I come to and I meet with a person, oh, five minutes late. But that person I'm meeting is an engineer type and they know that 5 o'clock means 5 o'clock. Not 5.02, but 5 o'clock. Guess what? I've lost the sale. Guess what? Or I have not given five-star customer service to that person because of his or her expectation. So you really need to know who you are interacting with and what's going to make them happy and come back to you and what's not. It can be that simple. So it doesn't doesn't mean money. It means expectation, managing their expectations. That was a lot. That was really a
1: lot. And what I hear is in relationships and business, customer service is important. I think about situations that I have come into with doing in-home therapy for a bulk of my career, and I always tell if I am having somebody watch me when a new person comes on, I always say, you want you want them to come back. Or you want them to open their door again for you. So you have to find something in their personality that really makes sense for them. So maybe I usually would start with, I have this script on what they said you did, but how about you tell me how it went for you? Mm -hmm. And that changes everything because you're empowering them. And a quote that I found was, appreciation can make a day, even change a life. Your willingness to put into words is all that is necessary. And when I say put into words, it could be verbal or nonverbal. And that goes back into knowing the person. So I love what you're talking about, and I hope we are able to address this on many levels. And I believe the next question is about that. What does it mean to work across generations?
3: (laughs) Okay, well, this is the first time... We are right now in the workplace. Uh, we have the first time ever having four generations in the workplace um, that we have to be um, sensitive to. And for example, the four generations, uh, the the veterans, and this is uh, these categories are pretty loosely. There's no scientific. Reason for the years, et cetera. But this is what's generally been uh, categorized. Um, the veterans uh, are people who are born between 1922 and 1945. The baby boomers um, have are born 1946 to 64. The Gen uh, Generation X 1965 to 1980. And generation y are the millennials nineteen eighty one to two thousand and uh there is there's not a whole lot of study right now, of course, because it's too soon about uh generation z um which is coming after which is coming, and we don't know yet um we have no evidence of what that's gonna look like, but working um with the various generations there's um just because of each of the group's different experiences life experiences they have different expectations of um you know what what is successful what works so for example um a baby boomer uh will be uh, you know just working you know sixty hour work weeks and 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 just earning, you know uh, Looking for um, acknowledgement and pay, et cetera. The the uh, Generation X person uh, really doesn't look at it like that. They look at um, they they don't want uh, to be uh, micromanaged. They wa- they don't want structure. They they kind of want structure and direction, they're a little bit skeptical, and the generation the millennials are all about um team effort orientation you know um it's not about standing out so and they and they are driven by causes you, you're you're going to get them on board if you have a cause. The reason why you're doing it is for a cause um meaningful work. So, you know, the manager overseeing these groups of people, they have a real challenge because they have they have people coming from different radically different perspectives. So, it's a real art.
1: Very interesting. I'm a generation Xer, I guess.
3: And I okay. what
1: I've always been told working in a career or when I did work in a regular full-time job was that I had to go out and see a person. So now I'm hearing or what I got from what you're saying and putting it into my situation is when they're older, which I like to do still because even though I'm in that world of X, I feel like I'm slightly in the the baby boomers, maybe because of my parents. But when you're going for an interview or you want a job, you go. You just go to the establishment and say, "Hey, this is my resume." Hi, shake a hand, and people now, from what I'm getting, is they might want a text message, not even a phone call, and right. it's a little challenging for me, but I'm finding my way. I consider myself a old schooler more than even a generation extra. Well, it,
3: yeah, it, it depends on. It even gets down to, for example. If a baby boomer talks to another baby boomer, for example, and they say, okay, um, we need to get this report done, it's generally interpreted by that baby boomer that it's kind of like an order, and so that um, that report is going to get done and done now. Now, if you have the baby boomer talk to a Gen Xer, typically, and they said, "This this needs to get done. the the Gen Xer hears it as an observation and not a command and may or may not do it immediately. So now what we're all talking about is communication, and that's the crux of how to work across generations. It's um, how you have to get as specific as possible when you're communicating um, through the generations. Just, for example, um, for when a manager says, we have to all look professional, we have to have a professional tire in the office. Well, that could mean to a generation, certain generations, oh, I have clean jeans. There are no holes. That's professional. Our, the, the veterans will have a suit with a um, a, a pocket tag, handkerchief and a tie And that's professional. So, you know, it's across the board. So we now have to really get very specific about what we mean, what we want it to look like. Otherwise, there's going to be disappointment and confusion and headache, unnecessary headaches. And what about, just to add to that, what about regional? Because you're talking about generations,
1: and as you said, you're from New York, and I'm from up north, too. I'm from Massachusetts. You moved to Cleveland. I moved to South Florida. It's totally different when it comes to professional attire. Do you it's, know anything totally, about that that, that right. you can address? Thank
3: you. Can you address well, that? That will it's, be great. It's, 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 I haven't done any research on it, really, but it's. it's but it's true. However, it's true. Because I know people, they have their if they are working in certain parts of the country, if you wear a dark suit in the South, they'll look at you like you're crazy. I mean, they it it just won't you won't have credibility. Um, So, and that's just dress as opposed to behavior, et cetera. So you have to the whole point. Of how to succeed amongst uh generations as well as regionally is communication to manage expectations what we 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 expect you to do this 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 when you come on board, and in return you know the the person who is applying for the job they have expectations too, so they we just have to have communication back and forth.
2: Well, I have a question about like even before you come on board i I was just looking around because I was looking for part-time work. And when you apply online, I mean, how is that for older generations? I feel like you're not – you're missing out on the whole aspect of human being when you have to answer certain questions. I mean, I was actually applying to a job that I've done a lot over the years, but I'm I'm not sure what how I didn't answer the question the way I sh- – it feels like the questions are, are already – they already know what the answers are, so right. there's no yeah. new, there's no nuance there. Or.
3: And that's and there's a whole different there's a whole philosophy that I've heard. I mean, I have done a little bit of research on that, and it as much as um, the easy expedient ways to apply online, et cetera. I've had people, I know people who said, "This is my job. This has my name on it." This has my name on it, and they've gone to the uh, location, the, the job location, the company, and they and they've shown up with resume in hand, and said it's shown up and have gotten the job because they because certain things don't translate, and this is just a a way to sift through the process, sift through the volumes of applications. And it, it, that goes to a whole different conversation about if you know it is in your heart, you've got to stand out. You've got to do something to make them see that you're the one. But that's a whole All that's right. off topic.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: But, Jill, this is Katrina. And getting back to the um, the working across generations, I read a couple of articles, and it was very interesting because, It was saying that the Gen X, uh, no, the Gen Y generation has been raised up where the parents have been taking them to soccer, taking them to karate, taking them to activities throughout their whole life where they have been learning teamwork. They've been learning character building. They've they've learned these skills throughout their lifetimes Doing curricular so when they get into the workforce, working in the group is second nature. That's correct because they they've done it all their life. Yeah, and I found that interesting because it made it got me to thinking that the 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 Gen X group, you know, could potentially have been latchkey kids. You know, those kids that the parents were working, in, and so they were independent. Correct. You know, they they correct. made their they had to make their own decisions. Yeah, and so they get into the workforce and it's like, I don't need you to tell me what to you know, I don't know how to do this and it so it's just it I never realized, um, you know, like if I'm having conflict with or if there's conflict or tension to look at the you know, to look at the possibility of, you know, this person is coming from this perspective
3: because of how they were raised okay you yeah, exactly and that and that's a very that's a very important point um the other thing is um in the workplace you have to look at again looking at the employees in order for the- in order for the expectation to have the employees to give five star service you have to give five star star service to your employees, and what part of that is um understanding where they're coming from. For example, the Boomers, the veterans and the Boomers, they're probably uh, going to start looking at winding down their hours and, and telecommuting could be a very attractive thing for them because they're looking at less pay, less hours, they're kind of winding down, and they need the flexibility. The Gen Xers, they may need to have a flexibility of time to, for um, kids' appointments, you know, their 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 doctor appointments, et cetera, that kind of stuff. And so they're wor- really to work around, you know, make up the time, but they just need the, pers- uh, the flexibility. And the Gen Yers, they need time for... Um, take care of certain things in in, in their lives, um, maybe to take care of those, those uh, causes, those nonprofits that they're they're part of. So it's it's really important for the companies now to look at their employees in a very different way. As again, not all once one rule doesn't fit all. It has to be a lot of flexibility and as long as the job is getting done um how it gets done um the manner is not as important it's just the fact that it has to get done in the in the at the level of ex- excellence as expected but the way it gets done can vary amongst the generations does that make sense Sure.
1: Yeah. So what I'm gonna talk. I? What what do you what do you think is the best way for leaders to work with many generations in a workplace? Um, I know you've talked about it a little more, but talk about the intricate parts of maybe even sending an email versus going to that person's office sitting down with them. How does that work well, as a leader well,
3: okay. or a boss? well, there has to be a lot of work up front. There has to be, um, and there has to be a dialogue between the leader and the employee because at the the beginning of any um, team formation, uh, there should be, the leader has to spend time learning how the team members wish to communicate because if, Somebody is expecting an email. the baby boomer is expecting an email and, and to have a responding accordingly, um, that's one way of communication versus texting and voicemail. I mean, how many of us know that if you call certain people of a certain age, they won't answer their phone, but if you text them, they'll respond in a heartbeat. And so that's just their method of communication. And so the leader has to really take the time. It's time up front, but it's time well spent. And uh, that's the way you get everybody on board.
1: That makes perfect sense. I found that working in a hospital, I had to text the doctor. I couldn't send him an email. I couldn't talk to him face-to-face. If I did, he shunned me off, but in text, he
3: would talk all the time. Yeah. So right. that is funny. Yeah. And it's just it's just because it's short, it's quick, it's done, it's it's expedient. And uh and and that's just how people people will communicate how they've been raised. Um and so it's just you have to meet people where they're at. In order to have successful teamwork, you have to have them, you know, people, everybody on board. So, um, you know, if if veterans are looking, for example, handwritten notes and direct requests for certain things to be done, and then um, baby boomers don't like to work independently, so they need to have meetings. The whole thing about meetings, you know, boomers, they... They're okay with meetings um, the Xers don't want to hear about the a project outside of work. Both the Xers and Myers they're very much into balance work life balance, so you'll have um, you know for example, you'll have uh Jen they don't want meetings at all; they want to communicate only through voicemail text and email and so. You just have to be aware of that so that you just monitor your expectation of what's going to happen.
1: Right. So I'm I'm
3: hearing that,
1: let's say, we as um, maybe a worker needs to maybe be aware how that work environment works or should it be vice versa? Because I've been at uh, different levels of work and... I remember one job, they loved to send emails, and they would turn around and say, did you get the email? And I'm like, uh, no, I wasn't looking for an email. Or, you know, did you go to yeah. this
3: meeting? We're having it's five a meetings th-
1: a day. And it's like, oh, my God, it's too much. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's a, yeah, it's it's yeah, it has to go both ways. It has to be how, what is my method of communication and what is your method of communication. And um, I've had people um, uh Text well, text me, and then they prefer for me to email them, ironically. Mm-hmm. They know that even though I get my email and all that on the phone, I just text messaging is just, in many cases, is just a, a way that can get my attention and I respond and then we move on through the day, where mm-hmm. they need to have an email and they need, you know, so you just, you have to know what each other's, um, preferred level of communication is way of communication, and that's part of team work. You have to know each other's, you know, <laughs> your your team members. <laughs> that's part of the game. You have to know as a team how you want to be, you know, t- talked to, communicate with.
1: Yeah.
3: It's work up front but it's it's definitely um, important because it makes everything more um, run more smoothly uh, for example um you know just and and that goes every step of the way It's not just communication but the way people look at appreciation most boomers they don't want time off necessarily they want maybe additional money paycheck you know i, I um if somebody for example a veteran uh uh wanted to appreciate um a millennial for work done, and so at the annual um at the end of the year where there was assessments the the uh the gen wire got a bonus for work that was done several months previously, and you know that the the comment was wait a minute, how come you didn't give it to me then? Why are you giving it to me now? They want instant gratification. Everything is instant, instant, instant. So um, Mm. as soon as you know that, then you know how to um, uh, behave accordingly. Um, a, A Gen Y manager tells a boomer, that he's been working towards she takes some time off for his family for a vacation instead of saying thanks he goes i i have to get the work done to get ahead to get promotion not for vacation you know maybe he should have gotten a he or she should have gotten a um a, a bonus or a, a raise um as a way of appreciation instead of the time off see so, so that the people the different generations look at certain things um things of appreciation differently, ways to be appreciated differently. A Gen Yer just wants a pat on the back. You know, a boomer, um, a veteran wants uh, a handwritten note. A, a boomer wants just an email blast saying, look what, you know, so-and-so's done for the company. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, way, different ways. There's, there are books on appreciation on the marketplace. There are books, I mean, there's uh, there are definitely reference material for people who want to really dig down and get clarity on this topic for sure. Yes.
0: And we we do have a caller on the line, so I'm going to try to screen this call. I'm going to try to screen this call. So um, I'm going to try to step away for a minute. Um
1: Okay.
2: Wanda, you want to go ahead with the next question? Well, sure, I guess. What are some of the do's and don'ts for leaders in the workplace? Are we... Oh okay, so
3: do's, the definite do's is uh, go back and, and spend the time. <coughs> you know, you I'm have sorry. to spend the time up front. And the don't is don't assume that my way is the way. Now, just because no. I'm a leader doesn't mean, um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to... Um, lead the way. I want would want to be led, um, because that's just not going to work. <laughs> you know, and, and that's just that's the uh, uh, to keep it short. It's just you have to spend the time up front. So, can you
2: give us an example of how you would work with a company experiencing challenges in communication, like particularly cultural diversity, like diversity among the generations? Does that does that come up Cu- cultural
3: diverse a uh, cultural ec- uh, economically uh, echo econ- uh, eco- socioeconomic cultural di- differences or well, what I do guess you
2: cultural diversity due to generational differences like you have culture differences and then you have the generational differences and when you mix it all in um it,
3: it all goes back to or, or have you it, yeah yeah, it all goes back to communication. I mean, expect communication. And, and I think when somebody comes on board, that's mm-hmm. when um, you really start to have the conversation, not, you know, when they're already working and and stuff comes up. I mean, right at the get-go, when somebody comes on board,
2: you have the communication about
3: how they... I mean, do you have any about like they, example
2: of, any, of how they prefer to of, be of, of how that well, works? Well...
3: Well, I mean, if somebody comes on board um they I think it, it behooves the 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 leader to say um, to ask how they are going to receive the information how what's the best way for them to get the information um is it going to be if they're going to be receptive to emailing are they going to be receptive and it's a conversation about how are they going to be responsive? Because it's it's really does the person no good if, as you said before, they're being emailed the information and they're not getting their emails. But they if if that email information on that email was to be given in a text message, um, or just somebody coming by the that office space and saying, "Hey, can you do this, this, this right now?" and they would respond in the positive way. Then you have an idea of how that person is going to get the information you 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 have information about how they're going to receive future information and it just takes okay. conversation it it really it just i can't i can't stress enough it takes the time communication. up front it's communication up front yeah and the person okay. has to know And whether the manager the leader the team leader Really, maybe they have to keep a, um, you know, a a, a, a uh, somewhere a uh, a list or some kind of memo to them the information of how so and so me likes to be communicated with how they like to be communicated, like kind of a memory jogger, because um, otherwise, again, if if they do a, uh, an email blast. And it's not received uh when I say received internally received um by certain generations, then that email it meant, it meant nothing for the email to go out it didn't it wasn't worth it but if that that email the information on the email was text messaged to certain people as well as emailed to other people, then you have the opportunity to have um a broader reach. And it takes more work. I mean, it does take more effort, but it's it gets better results. Okay. So,
1: so what I'm hearing, it sounds like if if it was me and I had employees, I would actually have, and this is just my personal style, I'll have a questionnaire to say, what is your mo- mode of communication? Is it email? Is right. it text message? Is it that i need to walk over to you and then also the quantity of that
3: right Do you want 50 whatever, messages? whatever i mean you have you a system in emails? place right mhm right right have so, a system so in it place it works for everybody
1: because correct everybody is different from what i'm hearing from you and if you bring out a cultural aspect in some or a general aspect in, um generational aspect in another you have a lot of weight and you do have to kind of work with everybody, but then again, they do have to work with you too because you are the boss. You can't. Can you change well, for everybody?
3: Well, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the whole thing is here. Here's something. Here's something that's really kind of new and enlightening. Is what if you made that that piece of information kind of public information so that person you know um a boomer no in in the same department boomer and Xer and wire they all know they all and you don't have to assume i mean sometimes maybe the boomer wants a text message and they you know nobody um it's not cookie cutter stuff it's not all um to assume that one a person prefers one way of communication versus another just because they fall into a certain age range. But to have that piece of information available for the whole team could be really pretty powerful because then you don't get the friction of, wait a minute, you know, John emailed George and Mary and this, and Mary doesn't do Email. She does text messaging. But if the leader only knows that information, but the team members don't know that information, now you got a problem. So now mm-hmm. you've got friction within the department. So now if everybody knows this information, it could be really powerful. Wow. Absolutely. That makes perfect. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I was reading, you know, this is Katrina again, and there were two articles, actually, that um, I read about, you know, working across generations, and, you know, the, the second article was saying for leadership the importance of not emphasizing the differences, but um, but focusing on the similarities and putting everyone, you know, different generations, um in groups so that the best so that everybody can could can uh participate and bring ideas to the table.
1: Right. You know, because there's everybody value has there's
0: specific. definitely
3: value. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. There's definitely value to having intergenerational teamwork. Um and uh as I said so the more people are open with the communication, the more powerful the experience is going to be. Yeah. So that that's just something I can't stress enough. Great. I want to
0: ask you, um are there some do's and don'ts for leaders in the workplace when it, and I don't know if that question was asked
3: yeah, that yeah, no, uh, question was asked okay. already. So we, Okay, so you know what? Okay. I,
0: w- I was probably trying to screen the call. <laughs> so I oh, have yeah. to listen to the show. I have to listen to the show again to get that answer.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> well, the next question that I would like to ask then is, what are some tips that everyone can use to diffuse differences and promote shared values? Well, how do if you there
3: is a reason. Yeah, how, if everybody hopefully when When a person is part of a department or for a company they they have buy in they are buying in to the mission and vision of the company, the mission and vision of the of the department and once you start to focus on the the mission and vision and the way that the information gets uh, disseminated is kind of takes a second, takes a back seat. But if people start to get a little cranky when they forget why they're doing what they're doing. So if you get everybody, and and if you don't have people on board with why you're doing what you're doing, then maybe they need to do something else at uh, you know, in a different part of the company, or with a different company, because you have to have people to buy in, buy in why you're doing what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, I was unable to, I was unable to screen this caller, but I don't want the caller to think that I'm ignoring them, so I'm just going to bring them on. Hello, caller, are you there? Mm. Hello. Okay. Hello, there there's a caller in the queue and, and, and you're you're on the air. Did you have a question?
3: Are they on mute?
0: Okay. I'm gonna put them no, they're they're not on mute. I'm gonna put them back on mute though. A lot of times callers come in and they just want to listen. Um, yeah. and so I you know, I I probably thought that I wasn't um the screening wasn't working because they weren't saying anything, but a lot of times people just want to listen. So I'm gonna okay. put that call back. Jill, how, how can our listening audience reach you, and um, what type of services do you provide?
3: Well, the best way right now, because we're under reconstruction of my website, et cetera, so the best way is to um, call or text message me <laughs> at uh, 216-299-0699 and um i am in the eastern time zone so just be mindful of that um but um uh what i do is i speak to uh companies and chambers and nonprofit organizations on uh on various topics uh, one one of them is this topic uh i'm passionate about five star service i'm also passionate about how to network effectively it's not about just passing out business cards um it's uh, and topics of leadership development topics um and that is something that i think we are not teaching uh the upcoming generations in the schools very much and i think they're getting very they're getting blindsided by what is being asked of them uh, when they get into the job market, but um uh those are just some topics that I speak and train on, as well as people who are interested in hearing or knowing more about uh the greeting card and gift business um I would love to have the opportunity to just um have that conversation and um and Go from there. It's a, it's a perfect time. It's it's not only about Christmas time. It's every all, all through the year. It's all about the relationship. I'm getting multiple calls a day from companies who have suddenly realized that it's all about the relationship. And it was all about the relationship when I was doing real estate years ago. But now, for some reason, the buzzword is relationship marketing. It's all about the relationship. So um, I'm glad to see that there is our a renewal of interest in and in, in doing business that way.
0: Great. Jill, we would like to thank you so much for being on our show. You every time you thank come you just provide such you welcome, such valuable information. So thank you and you're always welcome.
3: Okay? Oh my have a great holiday season.
0: Thank you. And we'd like to thank you. Thank you. you. Our, <laughs> Yes, thank you. we'd like to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. Please like us on Facebook, Positively Affirmative Radio, Join us every Sunday at five PM. Bring a friend and join and share the prosperity. All right, thanks everybody, and have a great week. Two. Okay, bye, bye everybody. Goodbye. Thank
3: you so much.
2: You're welcome. Don't We're ask Mister <laughs> In Between. Don't mess with Mr.
1: Ah.